I'm Victoria, and this podcast is all about running, marathon training, and run coaching. It is packed with useful tips to help you grow as a runner. I am a 13-time Boston qualifier and mom of two who started running as an adult. I learned a lot on my journey, and in 2014, I launched an online run coaching business to help other runners. Now, we employ several run coaches and are one of the largest online run coaching companies. We teach you the secrets to reaching your potential in the sport of running. We give real talk discussing personal stories of injuries, setbacks, and PRs. Think of this as a conversation with serial marathoners who share the lessons that we learned along the way. This is the Run for PRs podcast. We spend a lot of time focusing on the training that goes into race day, but sometimes athletes find that the art of racing can be a little bit complicated. We rarely practice racing for obvious reasons because we can only have so many A races throughout the year without burning out or compromising our training plan. However, if we never really practice digging deep into the well, the already daunting task of racing becomes even more daunting because we rarely do it. It is similar to other things in life. One example is like public speaking. We can prepare and rehearse and have everything perfect, but we rarely get the exact opportunity to speak in front of our large group. For this reason, many people do have a fear of public speaking, although there are those who get the opportunity to practice public speaking regularly who seem to have a little bit less of a fear because they have that experience. Now, I know sometimes people never really get over that fear no matter how much experience they get, but I do think there is a desensitization that can occur if you are used to doing something. So maybe you are free, fearful of doing it at one point or something used to make you really anxious, but repeated exposure kind of makes it a little bit easier for you. And so I know public speaking and road racing are entirely not the same, but there is that similar principle to it of practicing something that maybe gives you some performance anxiety there. So today we're going to be talking about the things that you can do to become a better racer, because like we said earlier, it's just not something that we get the opportunity to do every single day. So the key points that we're going to be talking about in this episode is number one, pacing practice. Number two, practicing a positive mindset. Number three, having realistic expectations and a plan for race day. And number four, practice doing uncomfortable things and pushing yourself in other areas of your life. So before we dive in and get started on that first point of practicing pacing, Jason, do you have anything to add to the whole idea of racing and racing experience and how all that plays in. Um, you know, as, as you were talking, you brought up the example of public speaking and I almost uh, was thinking about triathletes and how a lot, of, a lot of times they get really nervous because, you know, when they go into a race, they have to not only acclimate to swimming, maybe in open water, but also the bike, if they're used to biking on the trainer. And so there's all these different variables, right? And so all we have to really worry about is one and that's running. And so, um, I like how you're, you're going to bring up later on um, doing uncomfortable things, right? And so maybe you're challenging yourself in other ways so that 
um, the race day itself doesn't seem as scary to you, right? And so I think the more times we can put ourselves in uncomfortable situations, um, especially if we're able to kind of thrive and realize, oh, it wasn't so bad, that's going to translate over into our running. Yeah, and even with like the tri transitions and all of that that goes with the triathlon, um, sometimes people will practice a lot and maybe like not even really improve that much, whereas other people it's like they do very minimal practice and they go to their first one and they're just like super great. And so I think on the spectrum of like racing, um, there are people who are just like naturally like gamers, performers, like performing well under pressure. And I think even, you know, if you talk about other things like public speaking, there are people who like really thrive at that with no practice whatsoever. And then there's people on the opposite end of the spectrum where it's like the anxiety just cripples them to the point where um, maybe if they were alone, they would be able to perform significantly better. And so there are some people in the running community and even people that we coach who have really, really bad race anxiety or performance anxiety. And it can really be tough because if you have um, time-related goals and you want to achieve something like qualifying for Boston, it's really like navigating um, you know, how, how much do we push and how much do we really have to practice that skill of racing or is it even really worth it? So sometimes people will like implement all of these things, but still they find that it's just really not um, super enjoyable to go out there and like have so much pressure of a time goal. But I do think with anything, you know, practice does make things easier. So even if you're someone that's falling like really low on the spectrum of like, this is really difficult. I'm not a very good racer. I have a lot of performance anxiety around racing. I do think that implementing a lot of these things, you can actually really improve on that. Maybe you're not going to become like the ultimate gamer, like super crazy racer, but you can like kind of move up the ladder a little bit and become the best racer that you can be. Yeah. And I think, you know, practicing going through the motions of racing is important too. So maybe you don't like racing, but you're just going to commit to doing like four races uh, before your a race, right? Just sort of as a buildup, just to kind of put yourself in that uncomfortable situation. And maybe you go in with, with very little expectations. So that way you're not like disappointed. Right. And so you're only looking for the silver lining with each ex- each experience. I know I've done races in the past. Um, one that comes to mind is the New Prague Half one year. I had really no time goal at all. It was just to kind of go out and uh, get a long, hard training run in and to compete. And it ended up being really windy that day. And so threw all time out the window um, and just really wanted to stay consistent with my pace. And so that's kind of that was a win for me that day. Um, so whatever it is, um, whatever goal you want to try to take away from a certain race, I think there's a lot of benefits to doing different races, especially different distances. Um, obviously, we can do more of the shorter risk distance racing, um, but you know, doing a 5K, 10K, or a 10 mile or a half um, in your build up to a marathon can be really beneficial. Yeah, definitely. And I think practice pacing, you can even do this like within workouts, right? So anytime that you're going out there, even if you have like mile repeats, right? It's really great to have a chance to practice getting faster as the workout goes on. Um, And I know there's that whole quote of how you do anything is how you do everything. And I really like that because a lot of the times people will like do their workouts and they don't really think that like how they pace their workouts will really impact um, how they pace on race day or they think, oh, race day is totally separate. But I think it's really important to like practice a lot of these principles during your training so that when you are there on race day, it kind of becomes second nature. So I think getting in the habit of 
negative splitting workouts and kind of holding back, that can really help you a lot when it comes to practicing your pacing, um, especially when you're doing workouts where maybe you have a little bit of nerves going into that one and it kind of feels a little bit more like you would on race day. I think having that opportunity to give yourself practice is really great. Um, another way that you could do this that's a little bit more similar to a race is doing a lot of um, like workouts with other people. So you might go to like a group run and maybe this is outside of your comfort zone. Um, I know as someone who likes to run alone, it can be a little bit uncomfortable to do workouts around other people. But if you're doing workouts around other people, it allows you an environment where you're kind of, you're not simulating a race, but you're going to be running around people. And I think there is a practice component that comes with how to pace yourself correctly around other people. Yeah, I definitely think that's a good thing to think about. You know, if you have a friend who's uh, maybe a little bit faster than you, you know, you could always maybe jump and do a workout with them and maybe your threshold is their marathon pace or something. So you can each kind of uh, get some benefit from doing the workout together. So you don't always have to be doing the workouts with people at your same ability level. Um, but I like how you brought up just doing the workouts, uh, working on practicing negative splitter, running even paces. And for me, I've always just been one that, especially I guess since uh, the Garmin came out, um, just on my like easy days, you know, always wanting to make sure uh, my one of my slowest miles is usually the first mile, right? Unless I'm running up like a hilly mile in the middle of the run, um, or I want to kind of finish my easy runs with my last mile being somewhat faster or the fastest mile of the workout. And so by doing that or just focusing on like a slight negative split on easy days, I think that can really help you with getting a sense of like I have control over my running and I can you know it becomes so automatic and easy for you that you start to look at your workouts then the same way like okay I'm going to run this first rep at seven minute pace next one I'm going to shave five seconds run 655 and then you know by the fourth or fifth one I'm going to be able to hit sub 650 and so by doing that I think it just sets yourself up to be more confident and um, a lot more patient too with your running. Yeah, definitely. And I think there's another way that you can practice pacing, right? So as we get closer to race day, um, if you're doing like a marathon specific training cycle, you probably have some workouts that are either steady state miles or marathon pace miles. And I think that gives you an opportunity to really tune in to, okay, what pace feels comfortable? What pace do you think I can sustain this effort for 26 miles or whatever it may be? And that gives you a chance to like have an honest look at to like, what am I going to be actually running um, for my marathon? And I know in the past I have sometimes made like errors in this where it's like, I'm, I'm really pushing because I want to run a certain marathon time. So I like push myself a little bit out of marathon pace zone more into like, 30k yep. race zone like an 18 mile race pace and um then when it comes to racing my marathon it's like i went out on pace for you know what maybe my 30k fitness was or 18 mile fitness um in a race is and then it's like you hit the wall and i had opportunities provided for me in training to practice my pacing and to really like dial in and see like really where is my fitness but instead of utilizing that practice I kind of treated those workouts more as like a ego pump or a chance mm -hmm. where I could like build my confidence by like shooting for like a little bit of a stretch goal so I'd rather have a long run kind of be a reality check than something that's like oh you know like ego sky high after so i think there are ways that you can do this um and sometimes it, it people do need to push themselves more in workouts but i think you know there's two types of athletes athletes who maybe have the ten tendency to overdo it over train try to exceed their paces and then there's like athletes that 
um, maybe do the opposite. And so if you're someone who knows that you're more on that like tendency to overtrain, overdo it, overshoot the paces, then this could be a chance for you to just kind of relax a little bit and see where that marathon pace falls. Another workout that you might do maybe a week before like a 5k race, you might do like five by one K at your goal, or maybe not five by one K, maybe like, you know, six by 800, something similar to that with, um, more of like a two minute rest in between. And instead of going for like what the effort of 5k race pace is like the intend the intention of the workout sometimes people will like hammer these Mm -hmm. and so you really want to like give yourself an honest opportunity at some of these race simulation type of runs to really practice an honest pacing that way you can go into the race that you are preparing for feeling really confident and really sure and that okay i did this workout i felt really in control i felt like i could go faster i know i can execute on race day yeah very well said and i know we'll get into this when we talk about pacing plan but um, you know, going in with the approach of running at your fitness level is super important. We don't want to try to run slightly faster than that because then we can hit the wall or red line. If anything, you want to start the first rep or two a little bit slower and then sort of ease into kind of what your goal pace is. And then if you're feeling really good, I, you know, our coaches in high school and college, they would always let us sort of unleash a little bit on the last rep um, of like an interval workout. And so that was one where I think that gives you a lot of confidence as a runner. Like if you can kind of close your last 400 or your last repetition of an interval workout, your fastest, um, that'll go a long way. And just in thinking like, oh, I'm training the right way or I, my fitness is where I want it to be. Right, definitely. And I think there are a lot of ways that you can do this. So the next thing is about practicing a positive mindset. And so again, you're giving a lot of opportunities within the training cycle to practice this. And so Jason, talk to me a little bit about how you practice a positive mindset. Um, you know, for me, thinking back to like high school and college, I would usually pretty, I would get amped up about racing just because um, it was a chance to test myself. And so I, I felt like it was, it came naturally for me, I guess is what I'm trying to say, the positive mindset. But um, for someone that maybe has a little bit more um, anxiety about racing or just prefers to maybe do the training or the hard workouts, um, racing's not their favorite thing. Um, a lot of times we can get in our own head, right? For whatever reason. And sometimes it just comes with like lack of experience, right? Cause we just, we don't know how we're gonna respond in the race to certain circumstances, right? Like um, maybe it's gonna rain or maybe the, the course ends up being hillier than we thought or whatever. There's way more fast people there than we thought, whatever the circumstance. And so um, the more you race, so I think you get used to uh, putting yourself in these di- different circumstances. So you've kind of been through it all, right? And then you realize like, okay, I can kind of overcome anything. And so um, number one is taking away a key positive uh, through any experience, whether it's a workout or um, a long run or a race, even if it went poorly, right? So that's one way I would practice a positive mindset is taking away the positives. Um, number two is visualizing ahead of time, really just uh, having a, like a goal in mind, whether, whether it's um, you know, nailing the workout, negative splits, whatever. Um, so those are two ways that I would probably uh, practice. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, some people, they they just naturally are more neutral or maybe like positive oriented. And so maybe there's just a lot that they already do in this area. Whereas other people, I think, can get really stuck in that like negative spiral. And I know it's just from like coaching and sometimes like I'll get really long emails that are just, whoa, like really lots of really bad thoughts going on. And I can definitely relate to that because I kind of would have patches within my running where it's like you kind of get really nervous for a race, that sort of thing. But I think these are things you can implement to try to 
have a more positive mindset. And some of those things are like, how do you talk to yourself during a training run and being able to like catch any sort of patterns that are happening. So typically if you're feeling really nervous on race day, chances are, or you're having a lot of really negative thoughts leading up to race day, chances are you probably had some of these negative thoughts during training. It's probably nothing like super new right so we're probably always going through the same like narrative and rhetoric in our head like maybe we have a tough workout or maybe going into a workout we're like oh i'm so nervous i'm not gonna hit my paces all of the ways that you're talking to yourself within the training cycle it's all just going to be amplified on race day because again how you do anything is how you do everything so if you're going out for a workout and your mo like how you operate is Oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. I'm not going to hit my paces. Oh my gosh, what if I don't hit my paces? Oh, like these paces are really fast. I'm not going to be able to do it. Like all of that sort of like panicky on race day, it's going to be like 10 times worse because we're just really running on more adrenaline on race day. You have the same thoughts. It's literally like practice. So your brain is just going to go through that same loop of whatever you're on basically before your workout. So I think this is something again, practicing before your workouts. So if you kind of start hearing that rhetoric going in your head, that like loop that you, you always play, maybe like switch it up. So as soon as you start hearing it, you could say, whoa, like it's just a workout. It's just another training run. I'm gonna do my best. These paces are fast, but I'm just gonna try my hardest to hit them. So you can still have these like thoughts of anxiety. You can still experience the feelings obviously, but I think how we talk to ourselves about how we're feeling is really important. So if you're saying, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. I'm not gonna be able to hit these paces. That's where it's like, let's flip it and go, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. These paces look really fast, but I think I can do it. I'm just going to try to go off of effort. If I don't hit the paces, it's no biggie. Um, I've done workouts before. I've bombed workouts before. It's totally fine. Like, so just trying to make it be more neutral or kind of reassuring ourselves that like, yes, I'm nervous for this workout, but even if it doesn't go well, I'm still going to like, you know, show another day. It's not the end of the world. Um, and trying to like frame it up of like, This isn't the end all be all. And then when you go into your race, hopefully you have some of those kind of rebuttals and ways that you can calm that nervous system down a little bit from the negative thinking and and moving more on that positive. Um, And then obviously helping you focus more on the positive. There's a lot of things that you sometimes do after your run too. So let's say you like finished a workout and like, let's say it was an okay workout, but sometimes even if you have an okay workout, there will always be that negative voice that like picks it apart or like, oh, you know, you slowed down on the fourth one or you you didn't finish really strong or you felt really bad on your cool down. There's, There's always like these negative things we can pick apart. And sometimes that's, you know, the automatic. We just start going to all the negatives ways you can improve. But, um, what we could do instead is work on, reflecting on the positives. And so this is actually going to take a little bit more mental energy because I think most humans just in general, it's like they automatically are going to the negative, but we can focus on the positive. So instead of just having that loop go on, let's get out like a pen and paper and literally write down like five positive things. And if you do five different positive things every day, all of a sudden you're training your brain to find what was positive. Whereas before you were just defaulting to like negative, 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 
if you train your brain to look for the good, it's going to get better at looking for positives, looking for good. And then you'll start noticing after weeks and weeks of doing this that naturally you might actually have like a positive thought organically on its own. And so it does take time to get to a place where you might have like one positive thought that just like randomly occurs. But I think that if you do this work up front, it's really beneficial because you can get out of that negative mind space um, with some effort on your part but also it trains your brain um, to be able to see a more positive light. Yeah, I really love when my athletes will kind of leave their comments on their workouts and you know, there's maybe a few things that didn't go so well, but if they, if they end it on a positive note, like they talk about how they are just proud of the effort or something, I always think that that's really important for them to grow as a runner and that really sets them up um, for, for more success down the road, right? Like getting ready for the next workout. Like we're not gonna be too hung up on this. There's always gonna be more opportunities. Um, and then kind of thinking back to, to um, you know, going into a positive mindset about the race, um, if you're someone that has, you know, figure out what part of the race is going to kind of worry you or stress you out. Because for me, when I first started getting into like the marathon, half marathon distance, it was sort of scary for me. And for me, the half marathon, it was, it was mainly the beginning that was the most scary part for me because I wasn't sure um, that I should go out as fast as maybe other people were going out around my same level, right? And so... I just had to like kind of trust the fact that um, let them go and then try to run like your race, right? Like negative split, like try to catch them later, knowing that my strongest race is in that last 5K or the strongest part of the race is at the end. Um, and so it's really just like not going through the, the mental gymnastics, right, of uh, psyching yourself out. So maybe for me in the marathon, it was always like the, the middle to the middle uh, end of the race. So maybe like miles 15 through 20. That was like the scariest part for me. I figured if I could make it past that point, I'd be okay. And so really just identifying what is it about the race that maybe worries you and then hopefully coming up with like a plan to um, short, sort of shut down those negative um, um, voices in your head when you get to that point. So have some positive affirmations ready, um, your mantras, whatever they are going to be to help you through that time and just sort of like start to embrace it and look forward to overcoming that challenge. Yeah, that's really funny that you said like miles 15 through 20 were the ones that scared you the most because like honestly those were typically like my favorite miles in a marathon and so I've never been like super nervous for it but in my last marathon it was miles like it was around mile 15 where I was like oh no like it started kind of being a little a little worried and maybe it's because I'd never gone out that fast before because it was in around my 301 um but I do think you know sometimes on race day you can be in a situation where you're kind of surprised at like how you're feeling at a certain point like for me I was like whoa I feel really weird and really not in a good headspace at mile like 10 or 15, 13. And that kind of was a little bit panicky because it's like you go into these races having expectations that like, I'm not going to feel bad till mile 20. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, mile eight, nine, 10. You're like having these mental Mm -hmm. doubts or you're just not feeling a hundred percent. And so I think it's really important to work on this because, you know, it might hit you out of nowhere. And so it's really good to have these skills in place of like, okay, instead of panicking, like what can we do to like reassure ourselves? Mm -hmm. And so for me, I was like, well, you know, you don't feel great right now, but you also don't feel terrible. Like you felt a lot worse before. And then just kind of reassure myself, like you're still going at a pretty good pace and, 
even if you are slowing down, like, who cares? The goal is just, like, finish the race. So just, like, keep pushing yourself. And I had a lot of thoughts of, like, oh, you should just drop out. <laughs> like, literally a mile, like, 15. And I was like, where is this coming from, right? And and so I said, yeah, you, you could drop out. Do you want to go do that? Just give myself the opportunity mentally. And I was like, no, I don't actually really want to do that. I just was having a lot of thoughts. And so sometimes it's just important to let yourself breathe a little bit and not get too caught up in some of the weird thoughts that you might get right. during a marathon. And and sometimes I feel like it's like an intrusive thought of like, you should just drop out. Like I have some really yeah. crazy, crazy thoughts when I'm racing. And honestly, I'm pretty surprised that sometimes it'll follow through with them because they are it's it can be a mind game definitely distance running is tough especially when you are um you know doing really long distance stuff like i i can't even imagine people who do like the 100 milers and stuff i i have no idea what that's like mentally but it's got to be so crazy Yeah, i think when you get to that point in the race like two-thirds to almost three-quarters you start to know like if you're gonna have if you're gonna maybe meet your goal right so you know like if you're gonna maybe just slow down and be in survival mode or you know if you're gonna be able to maybe just keep grinding and grind it out to the end and so for me if i could make it to mile 20 with without any issues i knew i was probably gonna be okay but then there's always a fear of like getting a cramp in the last five five six miles but um yeah i think that for everyone it's maybe a little bit different and if it's like a 5k maybe your worry is at just that third mile right or i don't know so i think it helps to sort of um, plan ahead and, and think about, you know, what, what worries you about each distance. Definitely. Um, and then I think, you know, the next thing is having, like, realistic mm-hmm. expectations and a plan going into your race. So one of the things that can really bring about some, like, negative self-talk, at least for me, is when other people are, like, telling me, like, what my goal should be. Um, and I think maybe that just comes with having, like, a social media following or, like, you know, I used to have, like, my Strava up and share a lot of my workouts. I used to actually post, like, every single one of my workouts on um, Instagram, like, I don't know, six years ago, right? And people would always be like, oh, you're, you know, you're you're in shape for this. You're in shape for that. And, and that would really be um, a chance for me to kind of be negative with myself, you know, so it's kind of like tied hand in hand because I'd be like, oh, well, I didn't think I was in that good of shape. Like maybe, you know, I, I blah, blah, blah. It's like you just go down this negative rabbit hole. But I think having realistic expectations is important. So what can happen is that sometimes we do some workouts or someone tells us like, oh, you know, based on your training, you should be able to run X. But it's like, you have to really ask yourself, like, what do you want to run? How hard do you want to push in this race? And give yourself a little bit more leeway there. So there isn't like a magic formula of like, okay, you ran this 5k time, now time to run this marathon. It's like, we want to maybe look at a lot of factors here. And so when I say like having realistic expectations, I think the number one thing you want to look at is like, how hard do you want to push during this race? And so there's a lot of factors that really are going to come into play with that. The first one I would like to look at is probably your experience, right? So do you have any experience running this distance? If no, then maybe we want a less aggressive goal just so that you don't really set yourself up for like a freak out moment during the race. If you're pushing really hard, if you're like a total gamer and you just want to like go for it, I think you can go for like that super aggressive goal, whatever. But if you're someone that's having a lot of race anxiety, maybe it's like we go after something that's not as crazy. Um, if you're someone who does have more experience, we want to look at like, what do these experiences look like? Do you typically have positive split races? Do you have a lot of, um, Mm -hmm. difficulties like mentally like where are you at and then we want to adjust your aggressiveness based on those factors yeah exactly like if i'm if i'm starting to work with an athlete and i don't really know how 
uh, what their tendencies are in racing, especially for like a half or a full. A lot of times I'll ask them about their previous couple experiences just so I can sort of gauge it. And um, I think it's really important to be honest with yourself and to, um, you know, have make sure that your plan is in line with, with your prior experiences. So if you're pretty good about running like pretty even splits, then I think you're okay to maybe be a little bit more aggressive. If you have a tendency to run positive splits, then let's focus on being super conservative early on and kind of get you in that in that habit of running maybe a slight negative split for a change. So um, maybe it's sometimes it's challenging yourself in new ways, um, kind of stepping outside your comfort zone. Maybe it's approaching a race a little bit differently than you have in the past, but I think that's how we grow as runners. Yeah, definitely. And having that plan and following through with that plan. So sometimes we get to the start line, we have kind of like a rough idea of like what our plan is and then we feel really good and then we go out too fast. So we want to set ourselves up for success and make sure that we follow that plan. So if our goal is, you know, around this time, it's like we should go out no faster than on pace for um, that. And mm -hmm. that starts with like a conservative, you know, start. We don't want to go out hard and set ourselves up for failure because um, usually negative splits are some of the ways that we can have the most positive experience with racing um, mentally. Sometimes if we go out really hard and then we start slowing down, it can be really hard mentally to keep pushing or to stay positive in our mind when we're having like a positive split race where it's just like each mile is subsequently slower. And so that's why I think if you aim for negative splits, you can usually run a little bit of a faster time because sometimes if you're doing like this positive split race where you're getting slower, sometimes like we check out, we give up, that sort of thing. So we want to set ourselves up for success by starting at a realistic pace, conservatively, all of those good things. The next thing you can do to really practice the racing mentality is to do uncomfortable things and push yourself um, like outside of the running environment or maybe even like on some of your runs. So I want to take it back to like Boston 2018 um, when the conditions were like really crazy and Des Linden won the Boston Marathon. What ended up happening next is that the women who came in like second, third, fourth, all those people, they weren't um, even really pegged to win. I mean, there were people that no one had really heard of before and I think like it was Sarah Sellers who got second place and people were like who is this Sarah Sellers person I don't I don't even know if she was in the professional women's race or not but um the, basically they interviewed her and she was like yeah you know I did a lot of my runs kind of after my nursing shift so it's like she was working long shifts um working on her feet working full-time while training for the Boston Marathon so she was doing a lot of really hard things within her life and so she was juggling a lot so then when it was like raining really hard on race day, terrible conditions, it didn't really um, seem that hard because it's like she had trained in the rain. She had trained at night. She had trained after long shifts working as a nurse, right? And so when you are training in unfavorable conditions, I think that kind of can give you a little bit of like a mental edge. Um, whereas if you train where like all the conditions are perfect all the time, um, you might not have like that same mental well to draw on on race day of saying, oh yeah, you know, I've I felt worse than this or yeah, I've had worse days than this. Um, sometimes if it's just like, oh, if it's slightly raining outside, we opt for the treadmill or all the conditions have to be perfect. We don't really have like as big of a well of experiences to draw on. So I always think, okay, like it's almost like a character building moment. It's an experience mm -hmm. building moment so that you can push through more negative things when it comes to race day. 
Yeah, that same thought came to mind when you talked about the rain. I've seen athletes literally just move their long run from like Saturday to Sunday because of rain. Not even like a thunderstorm, just rain, right? So wanting like the primest conditions possible or looking at the weather, picking the cooler day, that sort of thing. Um, And, you know, I've obviously been guilty of that over the years too. But for the most part, you want to be selective about times like these as well at times and just go for it because you know like that's going to help – sort of toughen you up a little bit as a runner. And I think looking at races too, like now the conditions aren't always going to be pretty. And so, you know what, if it's not an a race, who cares? Like your, your goal is just to kind of, um, get a good challenge in. And so what's going to make it more challenging is probably extra wind or extra heat or whatever it is. Right. And so, um, obviously we need to adjust goals if, if the conditions don't, um, call for prime conditions, but, um, yeah, definitely think that, uh, you know, and thinking back to like college and high school, we would always, our coaches would have us do like certain workouts that would, I think be for more like mental purposes. Um, you know, like running, running in sand, like barefoot, um, running in like, um, a foot of water in the, in the beach, that sort of thing. Um, so stuff like that, just like pick, picking random workouts that they would choose. And I don't think there was, it was so much for like the physical benefits. I think it was more of like a mental thing. And so I think, um, that can go a long way, especially like picking hill workouts and stuff. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, there is a time and place obviously for like moving your long runs, like totally like why, why not? Mm-hmm. Right. Like no one wants to run in like sub zero or whatever. Um, but I think on a day to day, you know, for someone who's running five, six days a week, you get plenty of opportunity to like do some uncomfortable weather. And that means, you know, maybe not always moving every run or even if, you know, you have a workout and you move it to like the better, the better weather day, you're still going outside for like that easy five and that easy five in the rain, like the day after your workout, um, you know, instead of like opting for the treadmill every single time. And will that make a huge difference? I mean, probably not, but probably not like physically. Right. But when it comes to like your mentality of like, yeah, I I did this hard thing already. Um, I think it can make you a little bit more gritty if you're doing like the harder option. So like, let's say you hate running on the treadmill, right? Like running on the treadmill might actually be the more grittier thing for you to do. Um, or if you're someone who's not really like a morning runner, maybe it's like you you get uncomfortable one time and you Mm -hmm. just like wake up early just to prove to yourself that like you can do it. Or like, let's say you have like these mental hangups of things that like you think you can't do. Um, maybe that's like running without a watch. Oh my gosh. Like what if you did that? Um, just doing it, like do something that's a little bit uncomfortable. And I think that can really help. Um, some of the other things that I've heard like studies done, um, where they have someone do like a mental puzzle for like an hour or something Mm. before going out on a run so that like mentally you're just like not um not in an optimal state and you're just a little bit mentally exhausted and you go out on a run um and that's kind of i was had a little point on here to talk about sometimes when people become a mom they're like oh my gosh you're like new mom strength and i always was like what does that mean like you know but i think what it means is that sometimes people they didn't really realize that like how deep their well was and like how much stuff they could kind of get done in a day or like how much they could kind of withstand and then once they become a mom and they're like oh wow like i can actually do all of these things that i didn't think i could do before you just have like a new mental edge new like mental level and then you can kind of dig a little bit deeper into that well on race day where maybe in your life before having kids you didn't really have that um like extra grit or you didn't know that that extra level was always there and so that's another thing you know if you have kids maybe (laughs) doing it like after you 
kind of been with them all day. I think if you went on a run, you know, after doing something kind of exhausting like mm-hmm. that, that's one way you could um, also work on, you know, mental training. There's just so many ways that you can challenge yourself in a non-race environment where you're working on like that mental edge. Yeah, you know, you brought up a lot of great examples and I was thinking the same thing about not always sticking to the comfort of your routine or schedule. So challenging yourself to maybe run later in the day or earlier in the day from what you're used to. And like you said, maybe it's after activities. Um, just so that, but you need to make sure that you're still committed to, to getting the run in because I know, you know, a lot of people would maybe just um, opt out and then you're not really getting that practice, right? And so I think for people that go through seasons of life, if they're able to, um, you know, kind of maintain consistency through training, um, and, and get in some workouts, I think that that's going to, that's going to help them down the road, right? Like having to maybe get up at 4am and do workouts mm-hmm. at once part of their life, or maybe it's, um, you know, doing, uh, long runs with pushing the stroller, whatever it is. And so I think that all of those small things kind of add up over time. Yep. Just doing the uncomfortable or the hard thing. And I think one of the things that was really popular, like last summer was the 75 hard. Um, I had some athletes that did it and stuff, but, I don't really think, obviously, it's not, like, beneficial from a physical standpoint to necessarily follow it when it comes to running because what it calls for is, like, two 45-minute workouts a day with one of them being outside. So let's say you even did, like, a 20-mile long run. That only counts as one of the workouts, and so you'd have to do a second workout, and you have to do that for 75 days in a row. So having done it myself, it's, like, there were some days where I'm, like, okay, this is probably not the greatest like I should probably only have one one workout this day but all said and done like I finished it and um yeah so anyways what it comes down to is I think that it it's more of like a mental thing right and that's really what I realized from it is you go through the 75 days and so it's not only just that it's also like you're not allowed to drink um you have to follow like a quote-unquote diet which is basically just it can be anything um uh what's the other I don't even remember Oh, 10, oh, 10 pages mm-hmm. of reading 10 pages, yeah. um, of a nonfiction. So yeah, there's just a lot of little things. And yeah, it was pretty tough mentally because I was like, so there were some days where I really just didn't want to do it. And like being forced <laughs> to do something when like you just do not want to do it, it kind of made you realize like, okay, like I can actually do this when, you know, I really even don't feel like it. And so having these things, if you're doing like a mental training sort of thing can help you get that extra edge and become a little bit more gritty. And I did actually have an athlete who kind of finished that last fall and she had like one of her best marathons as well. And I kind of knew going into the race that she was going to have a really good one because she was just like so on point mentally going into the race. Like she was so confident and I could just tell like Mm -hmm. she was just going to fight hard for that race. And it ended up being Chicago, and so it was like 80 degrees, but she still ran like so well, and I knew she was going to. Um, but I think that's the thing about having that mental edge is like it can make you into like a totally different racer. Whereas like if you're like checked out mentally and you're just like not in it, it can make for a tough um, race performance. And so I think there's also times to reflect and be like, well, if you're not like really mentally in it and gaming, it's going to be tough to really get all that you can out of your physical fitness because I've also had races where it's like I'm just mentally like not in it like I just in this season I just don't really care or that sort of thing where it's just kind of nonchalant and it's hard to really motivate yourself to push hard when you're not super in it so I think also being respectful of that it's like you can't always be in like super gamer mode like all the time year round year after year you might have some seasons where you're just like nah don't really care that much but I think there are times where it's like you're really 
you really want to have that great performance. And so I think doing all the little mental tricks that you can leading up to the race is super important. Yeah, it kind of all boils down to confidence, right? You know, the you mentioned that athlete. I know I've had some of my best races where I go in super confident. Um, not overly confident where you're like going to go out and not have a smart race plan, but, you know, where you're able to execute. And it comes down to, um, you know, having successful workouts and previous races and getting that experience. If you're going through a kind of a phase of your life where you've had a lot of like, um, I guess, maybe set minor setbacks or a lot of like inconsistent things that have kind of happened to derail your training. Sometimes that can really be tough. You go on a race day and you're, you're not sure how it's going to go. And so you start almost like planning ahead, like what are going to be my excuses when it doesn't go well? And so really trying to be aware of that and shine away from that and doing everything you can to just be on point mentally and to um, prepare yourself to set a realistic goal and to achieve it on that day. Yeah, definitely. So there's a lot of points that we kind of covered in this podcast. Uh, the last one being practicing uncomfortable things and pushing yourself outside of a race day, which can be hugely beneficial for just boosting confidence in general in your whole life. Then we also talked about having realistic expectations and a pacing plan going into the race so that you can set yourself up for success because if you go out too hard, it's going to be really hard mentally um, to stay focused. So I think aiming for negative splits is really good. Then we talked about practicing a positive mindset and so we talked about one of the ways you can do that is writing down five things after every run that was positive um, or five things like you're grateful for so that your brain starts to naturally look for the positives and so every day have them be five different things so don't do like the same five things every day it has to be five new things every day so that your brain has to like kind of scan the room to come up with these positive things and then we also talked about practicing your pacing and so how you do anything is how you do everything so you really want to practice your pacing and workouts and all of that stuff so hopefully this was a beneficial podcast because I know racing season is right around the corner. A lot of people are hoping to run their best races this fall. Um, it's not too late to get started working with a coach. We do have some people that will reach out like four weeks out from their goal race or six weeks out or even like two weeks out just because they want like a pacing plan. They want a coach during that taper to talk to them about all of their goals and kind of assess like what they did in their training and how it can um, translate on race day and that's something that we definitely do here um, you know this is almost our ninth ninth year going into fall marathon training um, cycles coming to an end and then helping our athletes on marathon day so we'd love to help you with any of those things if you fill out the form at www.runforprs.com we can get you set up with a free seven-day trial again that's www.runforprs.com for a free seven-day coaching trial thanks for tuning in